Hi there. Welcome to episode 12 of Turning Tracks. My name is Matt. And I'm Chris. And we're here to talk about the music that we love. For today's episode, we're going to be talking about a band that captured my attention from the first time I heard them on the Metal Choice Music Channel. And I have not been the same since. Sit down and strap in because at the speed of light across empty plains of time, on a ship of jewels and gold, all of time unfolds. Today, we listen to the music of Horse the Bear. Hello, Chris. Hello, Matt. What's going on, buddy? Uh, you know, no. Living the dream. <laughs> yeah, I definitely know the. I know the living the dream. That's all I ever do. Live the dream. It's <laughs> a good way to be. Good way to be. You know, head in the clouds, feet on the floor. That's, that's something. <laughs> that's a lyric somewhere. Uh, yeah, no, all's well. You know, doing, getting by. Hanging yeah. in there, listening to some, some good music, working. Kids are, well, let's see, right now we're recording this, the kids are almost out of school. Mm-hmm. You know, and this is our 12th episode. This is like wrapping up our first year. Yeah, it's, you know, to take a moment to, to take a step back, it's if it really feels like so long ago when you first presented this idea to me. And, <laughs> and like, I don't think I said yes to anything quicker. Yeah, it's, I was I was kind of surprised. I was a little nervous. So you're gonna be like, yeah, I don't know about that, but uh, yeah, this, uh, I think it's been I think it's been a hoot. I've been having a good time. I think it's been very interesting. I I especially enjoy the um the banter and conversations that come out of this on our Discord and stuff. Oh yeah, uh, and then getting to kind of talk to people who do listen to this music as well, and you know, it, it's it's been fantastic. Not that you know. Talking to you about this music is unfulfilling. It's just a, re- a secondary reward that I yeah. I thoroughly enjoy. So it's kind of spun off into that vinyl channel. <laughs> yeah, it's actually that, even that's more active than anything. Yeah, that vinyl channel is crazy. If you guys are listening and you enjoy talking about vinyl, like get over to our Discord, man. We're we're really uh, with uh, what was it? Um, well, at the time of recording this, we had Record Store Day, and that was a big deal. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so it's it's been interesting. And you know what? That's an amazing segue because this vinyl, this uh, Record Store Day that has just come and gone saw the release of The Mechanical Hand, the 2005 uh, effort by Horse the Band. And it was... I, I don't need a lot of vinyl in my life. I have very specific records that I want. And the moment I saw that this uh, record was becoming available on vinyl, I had I had to figure out a way. I had mm-hmm. to have it. I absolutely had to have it. So I braved the lines of New York City, uh, you know, and all the vinyl stores, and, and I got my hands on it. And I tell you, I couldn't be happier. Um, that record is is what brings me around to, to Horse the Band. So um, before we dive in, Uh, For anyone who's new to the show, here's how this works. Each episode, either Chris or myself picks a band or an artist. Uh, Then that person has to choose 10 tracks and 10 tracks only uh, that they believe represents the band or said artist. We listen to them. We discuss them. That's how it goes. That's it. Simple, simple, simple. Um, I tend to want to talk (laughs) a lot and you may or may not have noticed that, but I've been doing my best to scale it back because I find that I'm long-winded. So one of the things that I have um, kind of decided to scale back is the band's history. 
Um, there's plenty of resources out there that you can go and you can check this stuff out. But uh, I, I'm going to keep it brief. Uh, and I do mean really brief. Uh, the band has had so many lineup changes with many members joining and leaving or even swapping positions that I could take a whole episode just to talk about that. So if you're truly interested in that, by all means, head over to my secret information page, Wikipedia, and read all about it. <laughs> in the meantime, all we're really concerned about is Horse the Band was originally formed in 1998 in Lake Forest, California by Eric Engstrom, excuse me, Eric Engstorm. And David Essen. And that's it. Uh, they've been a five-piece for pretty much as long as I can tell. I think very early on they were a four-piece, and eventually um, I think keys were introduced. So the keys are pretty much an integral part of this band in that they were one of the first bands to really implement keyboard into this uh, heavy metal stylings. Uh, not that synthesizers or keyboards were never introduced into metal or anything. It's the patches they decided to use. They have been uh, gifted the moniker of the first band to do what is called Nintendo Core. I always thought it was Nintendo Core. Is it? It might be Nintendo Core, Nintendo Core, <laughs> Chip Core, whatever. There's a whole bunch of monikers, whatever you want to call it. The long and the short of it is their keyboardist will play Chip Tune esque. Uh, you know, patches, and you might be sitting here thinking, ooh, that's crazy. Well, you just heard uh, Seven Tentacles and Eight Flames uh, on the intro, and that's pretty much what you're in for for the rest of the episode. Um, so I tried my best to pick 10 songs that represented the band, and in listening to their catalog of, um, I want to say, three or four albums and two EPs, uh they're consistently making the same style of music. Some bands will do like, you know, really thrashy, heavy stuff and then like hit you with a, 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 a slow ballad or something, right? These guys don't really have that. They do that within their songs, and you'll see that as we progress through the episode. So, Chris, what is your history, <laughs> if any, with Horse the Band? Uh, we did an episode on, I think, Waveback. It was a creator yes. special. Yes. And that was the first and last I've heard of Horse. <laughs> you know, you oh. chose a song for that that I thought was pretty wild, and uh, that was it. That's that's my history. I'd never heard of them before, and I have never heard of them since, besides that. <laughs> um, so the, <laughs> that was a fun episode, honestly. I think uh, I think it's necessary for people to go back and give that, that episode a listen to the, the yeah, creators that was a real that was a real fun one. We should do if, something like that again sometime. Yeah, absolutely. We'll get maybe we'll get Dan from SAG on, and yeah, and we'll, or or maybe we'll get someone else to come in and and guest. It'd be great. Um, so the song that you're referring to uh, was the House of Boo, and the reason I chose it is because um, in that particular track, they the keyboardist uh, plays part of the House of Boo music. Excuse me, the keyboardist plays a. Uh, a, a portion of the House of Boo, the castles from you know Mario Brothers in one of their um, instrumental breaks, and since it was creator special, I felt it was fitting. And you know, at the time we we didn't know we were going to do this show, so I was like, well, how can I just jam Horse the Bands in somewhere? <laughs> People need to hear these guys. Um, so that's uh, that's where that is. Uh, unfortunately, that song is not on our playlist tonight. Um, like I said, we already did it. 
if you want to hear it, obviously there's plenty of places you could do it, but I suggest going to listen to the creator's episode of Waveback Podcast. Now, that being said, <clears throat> I think we should just dive right in. I agree. Great. So the first track we're going to listen to is called Cuts Man. It is the uh, first track off of uh, R. Borlax, which is their uh, 2000, and, excuse me, I'm sorry. It's the second track off the record R. Borlax from 2003. The first track is Seven Tentacles and Eight Flames, which was in our, our intro. Um, and yeah, Cuts Man, if you're familiar with Mega Man, is uh, you know one of the first villains you encounter i believe in the very first mega man right so it's the first mega man and it was cut man but it's, i gotcha it was something officially referred to it as cuts man i can't remember if it was in the manual or uh-huh. it was in like nintendo power but like there was a common like a really common misconception of calling uh cut man cuts man uh for right. a long time and i can't remember exactly what the origin of it was maybe just because it sounds like guts man there was a guts man and a cut man but mm. I'm pretty sure there was something official that referred to him as Cuts Man. I appreciate you. It was probably bad translation, too, because early on when they translated stuff from Japanese to English, it was kind of like, Meh. you know, all your base are belong to us. So. <laughs> what you say? And, <laughs> any, <laughs> anyway, um, here is Cuts Man off of R. Borlax from Horse the Band. Enjoy. Power glove. Oh, that gets us worse. Coming around. 
I love the power glove. It's so bad. <laughs> that was Cuts Man from Horse the Band off of <laughs> R. Borlax from 2003. Chris, you're laughing, so I'm very curious, man. What's up? Well, I mean, you're always going to win my heart by bookending your song with literal audio from one of my favorite movies of all time. <laughs> and what movie is that, Chris? That's The Wizard. Yeah, man. Starring Fred Savage. Absolutely. And Paul Savino, right? Uh, no. Am I getting that wrong? Yeah, no, no, Paul Servino in that one. It had a uh, um, Christian Slater. I think uh, Bo Bridges played the dad, if I'm not mistaken. It was Bo Bridges. Check me out. I did not. Yeah, I knew the dad. Slater. Oh, I freaking love this movie. No, this was a this was a fun song. I liked this quite a bit, actually. Oh, great. Um, the uh, I mean, obviously the uh, the wizard segments got me, but uh, you know, musically speaking, it's, it was kind of all over the place, but it was really exciting, like uh when it kind of what was it it just really changed up to kind of like cut time was yeah that, what it did kind of halfway through that was really flipping cool uh-huh. uh, like the scissors on his head bit <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> that like, the, the scissors control him he has no heart or soul <laughs> yeah it's so I understood good. like 50 percent of the lyrics but like at a certain point it's like He's actually singing about Cutman from Mega Man, isn't he? He's singing about like, robots and wow, right. all right, it's pretty wild. I mean, I gotta be honest with you. I've been listening to these guys for a very long time. Um, I've never bothered to read the lyrics. This is the while we're doing this episode, I'm reading along, and uh, I'm I'm pretty impressed by some. I mean, I know some of the songs have to do with more serious matters, like as we get down the line with um with the recordings and stuff and. You know, there's all kinds of uh, real life trauma that shows up and, you know, whatever. But you're right. Like, he's actually, it's as if the singer, uh, Winicky, what's his, I can't remember his first name. He goes into a room and encounters Cutsman. Because he says, um, where is he? Half, he's like half the size of me. (laughs) It was a little android man, half the size that I am. Scissors on his head, scissors on his effing head. <laughs> uh so I'm a huge huge fan of this track. Um just from a recording standpoint, I love the sound of Horse the Band. I'm I've never looked into like who's been their producer and things like that, but wherever they've recorded, they've always managed to keep the same sound because I found that bands as they progress through their career you know, there's little tweaks to their sounds here and there, depending on how they recorded, who they recorded with, who engineered it, and so on and so forth. Um, but Horse the Band has always had this sound, right? What you just heard in Cuts Man and what you'll hear moving forward. Um, uh, I recently discovered that they put something out in 2020. Uh, I had no idea what they squeaked out a three song EP, and it's good. It's really good. It just doesn't have the same sound quality. So. We're not really going to listen to anything from that. Plus, one of the songs is a cover of um, uh, Pig by Nine Inch Nails. So, hmm. uh, at any rate, um, there's that part where everything strips away and it's just the drums and the keyboard playing like that high-pitched synth. And I love the gated kind of reverb on the the snare hits. I just think it's just so excellent. They have this great ability to, um, to your point, you're saying the song was all over the place, right? They have mm. this, like, dynamic that's that comes from this time period of 2000, very early 2000. I feel like a lot of bands that were not necessarily mainstream successes were these chaotic bands. Like, you'll get the monikers of, like, uh, math rock, uh, 
post-hardcore. Um, you know, so it's a lot of bands like Dillinger Escape Plan, um, uh, Black Dahlia Murderer, more of the more famous type that just will have like four or five different sections that are either blast beats, cut time, and, and they just smash them all together and it becomes just this chaotic medley of, of noise and music, noise rock. <laughs> Um, so these guys, I think, are very much a sign of their times, and yet at the same time, their own voice with the um, the eight bit keyboards and stuff like that. So, you know, as we progress, I I I definitely I, I tried to choose tracks that I don't want to say highlighted the the eight bit portions because that would make it seem like I'm trying to maybe take away from the rest of the musicians, but the eight bit is really what got them the attention with the Nintendo core, you know, sound and stuff. So, mm-hmm. all right, well, we're going to move on uh, to the next track, which is a track called bunnies. <laughs> it's a uh, track five off of our Borlax. Um, <laughs> I, I absolutely love this song because he's singing about bunnies, but he's so angry. <laughs> and it's clearly just... he's a gardener. Uh, he must be, honestly. <laughs> um, and it just brings me so much joy. So here's Bunnies by Horse the Band. i 
Bunnies by Horse the Band off the 2003 release, R. Borlax. And Chris, how'd that grab you? Man, you were not kidding. That guy is angry about bunnies. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. He I mean, like you, you warned me, but like, I was I not prepared. He was okay. like, fucking bunnies. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Really mad. He was. It was a good time. It was a, it was a, it was a good time. I mean, look, this is this is definitely not my kind of music that I would normally listen to, but I'm, I would be lying if I said I wasn't enjoying myself right now. It's pretty cool stuff. Well, that's uh, it's, great. It's very, it's you know, it's it's got quite a personality, and I like that about it. It's a, uh, I I always struggle with like right towards the beginning of this song when the it's just like so machinery like. I always struggle with it because, um, and there's a, 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 a another band that did something similar. Anytime I hear something that goes that quick, mm-hmm. any I, I can't even tell you for sure if it's legitimately off tempo or if it's just sounds that way in my mind. But mm-hmm. I always feel like something doesn't sound right when it gets that fast. Um, like something this, drifts. Something drifts, yeah. Like, I can't personally do it. I've never been able to do it with any level of accuracy while playing drums. Um, there's this... Uh, uh, one of my favorite chiptune albums ever is uh, Bitshifter's Information mm-hmm. Chase. And there was this metal band, I think. I don't know. Someone did a metal cover of their whole album, Information Chase. And there's one song, Hexadec- Hexadecimal Genome, where they go into a part like that that's just like, like back and forth super super quick and i i think it was done electronically like it was it's playing it note for note but it sounds like it's not and i i struggle with that anytime i hear uh, a band that does something like that it always it always sounds messy to me Mm -hmm. even if it's not and that's kind of an odd thing but outside of that one you know weird nitpick of mine uh was a quite a fun song that was surprisingly angry about bodies (laughs) (laughs) so i think what you're talking about is the blast beats right and that's very indicative in like uh, death metal and even like um thrash metal and stuff like that Mm -hmm. um and yeah when it's done right it's done really really well and you don't even think about it but i find that if um if even one part of it is out of sync or even a little just a little, like a like a micro millisecond or something off, um, it sounds sloppy, and so it can really throw you out of it. Um, you know, thankfully these guys don't linger in there too long, and a lot of the bands that are in this, um, you know, genre of music—not just Nintendo Core, but the post-hardcore, mm-hmm. uh, you know, chaos metal and stuff—they they move around so much that I think you don't get time to you know, analyze what you're listening to. So, uh, again, you know, I, I will always draw a note to the, the synthesizers. I just think they, especially in this one, um, they really go with, like, they play with guitar, then they sit out on their own, they take leads and stuff. Uh, what's his name? Eric, uh, Eric, um, where is his name? Engstrom, Storm, Engstorm. Huh? <laughs> Eric Engstorm. Uh, just the the brilliance and the wherewithal of where to play, where not to play, what kind of space he's got to play with is fantastic. And that's one of the reasons why I love this band is that those keyboards could very easily get lost in all of the blast beats and all of the signature changes and stuff like that. And they don't. They just, they're 
just prominent and I absolutely love it. It's very complex music. Uh, I know you yeah. mentioned the word chaos there. It does it does strike me as is slightly chaotic, but at the same time, it, it's all very it's all very natural. Like none of it sounds forced. So uh, that's th- thus far pretty darn cool to my ears. That's a pretty good observation, honestly, because you know, obviously, if you're going to put something on ra- on 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 wax, as the kids say, <laughs> um, you know, there's a lot of intention. Um, I think there's only one record in history that like doesn't go that way, and uh, at the moment it completely escapes me. But I will have it maybe by the end of it. <laughs> um, but you know, everything's very intentional, and and these guys, I think, spent a lot of time crafting, you know, everything to make it, you know, the way it is. So it, you know, it's 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 intentional. Um, the last track we're gonna listen to off of our Borlax is gonna. <laughs> is <laughs> a name that cracks me up and I'm going to mess it up because no matter how many times I read it to myself while I was writing it down, I couldn't get it right. It's the immense defecation of the buntaluffolog... Buff- <laughs> oh my God, I can't say it. Buntaluffagus. So the immense defecation <laughs> of the buntaluffagus. <laughs> and there was much defecation. <laughs> I'm not going to repeat it again. It's the the final track ready to listen to of our Borlax. If I horse the band, enjoy. The immense defecation of the buntaluffagus. Ah, I hate just, you. Just think Snuffleupagus from Sesame Street. Yeah, buntaluffagus. <laughs> so that was absolutely a short one. And uh, you had a reaction somewhere in the middle of that, Chris. And I'm curious, what was that reaction? Oh, they just straight up started covering uh, the dungeon music from the original Legend of Zelda. There you go. <laughs> and that's absolutely why I chose this one, because... Uh, this band is so surprising at times. I think that uh, when I talk about this band with other people, you know, clearly the aggressive nature of the band and the heavy guitars and the blast beats are going to be kind of the thing that may turn people away. But I think that if you're able to give them a chance, you get little wonderful gems like that. Um, And it's tightly packed into a minute and a half song, which I personally think is about actually using the restroom after not being able to for a long time. Um, And it's just, I don't know, it's just a nod to their intention. 
and I, I just absolutely love it. Yeah, it was a super fun song. Um, not going to say that I understood the lyrics or what the lyrics were trying to say, even the words Maybe it's that for I the didn't better. understand. That's that's fine. It was still a fun, uh, fun, fun little blast of music. All right, so now we're gonna make a move to their next record, which was um, recorded in uh, 2005, and it is the Mechanical Hand, which is by far and wide one of my favorite records uh, by them. So much so that I had to get it on vinyl from Record Store Day. Um, <laughs> this record, in my opinion, from back to front, is a a hell of a trip. Um, you've you've got kind of an idea of what this band is about now, and you know it's 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 more of that, uh, and not in the terrible way either. I you know if you're if you're digging this, then obviously you're gonna have a a great time with the rest of it. Um, according to their Wikipedia. I I don't know how much, you know, I take this all with a grain of salt. Um, the title of the album gives reference to the mechanical hound in the novel Fahrenheit 451. The phoenix on the album cover is also a reference to the phoenix crest worn by the future firefighters in the novel. Now, Fahrenheit 451 is a favorite novel of mine. It's one of the few that I was forced to read in high school and grammar school that I actually enjoyed. Um, and then I, I've recently read it as an adult within the last, I want to say, three or four years and um, I have the same love for it that I did then, maybe more so now just because of its nature. But Ray Bradbury, the author, is absolutely in my top three, if not one, favorite authors. Um, so if there's any kind of uh, uh, fact to what I just read, that makes this album even more you know, special for me, so... No pressure, anyone. But uh, <laughs> anyway, <laughs> the first song we're going to listen to off this is the first song off the record, and it's called Birdo, which any video game fans out there will absolutely recognize as the uh, a villain from Super Mario Brothers uh, 2. But that being said, we're just going to dive right in. The song features a sample. Maybe you can guess it. If not, we'll talk about it afterwards. This is Birdo off the Mechanical Hand by Horse the Band. Ah, eggs! Oh, 
That was Birdo by Horse Band off the 2005 release, The Mechanical Hand. Uh, Chris, I heard you kind of, you know, snickering and stuff, so... Well, I mean, uh, just I'm, the a general concept of, you know, this heavy, heavy music, and then you go, Bird! <laughs> oh! <laughs> it's very funny to me. Uh, and then uh, towards the end, he's yelling, throw it back. Yep. Uh, I mean, I, d- I missed most of the words in this song. Is this actually about fighting Birdo? Because I know they mentioned eggs in the beginning, and so you have to throw the eggs back at Birdo to, to, to beat it. So is that is that what's going on here? So um, my initial response would be yes, because I was reading along the lyrics. However, uh, their Wikipedia page for the record, The Mechanical Animal, where I, uh, excuse me, The Mechanical Hand, Mechanical Animal is a Marilyn Manson record. Um, there's a section, uh, there's a titled section called Illusions, A-L-L-U-I-S-I-O-N. And it says that the title Birdo is taken from the video game character Birdo, which debuted in the Nintendo game Super Mario Brothers 2. The intro of the song is an audio clip from the animated film the Hobbit. Uh, the song is mostly inspired by lead singer Nathan Winnicky's uh, treatment by his stepfather. Uh, that's all it really says, and then it goes on to talk about the music video. Um, I'm sure at some point, uh, because let me backtrack to the lyrics. Right. I mean, the second little ch- I'm looking at the lyrics now. The second yeah. little chunk here is a direct reference to uh, the instruction manual, where um, Birdo is referred to a boy who thinks he's a girl uh, and would prefer to be called Birdette. That's ah. that's straight out of the instruction manual there. That's funny. So then, but if you scroll down, there's the part where he says, my seven-year-old smile vanishing, eggs, why eggs? It's breaking my heart, it's hurting my nose, it's turning my screen, skin green. Why do you have to be so mean? In my dreams, I despise you more than you'll ever know. Even when I speak your name, it makes me fucking choke. So, I mean, I imagine that, you know, this may have started one way, or it may have been very intentional and ended another way. But I think that I can see why someone would draw the illusion. I don't know that there's a direct uh, statement by, you know, Nathan Winnicky that this song is definitely about this or that. I'm not going to speculate either. Um, but yes, the initial <laughs> read through the lyrics, just singing about Birdo, <laughs> you know, and it's kind of funny, like uh, there's <laughs> there's automatic eggs his gaping maw is geared to spew. <laughs> like, yeah, I mean, the whole beginning is most definitely very descriptive of a fight against Birdo, and you almost gotta have to kind of have to wonder with what you just said if playing Mario Two was a uh, like an escape from right the, the crap of life. Right. Yeah. Because then you draw the parallel in my in my dreams, I despise you, and if you don't know how Mario Two ends, well. Yeah, sorry, but spoiler alert. (laughs) Yeah, spoiler alert. It was all a dream, Biggie Smalls. So, you know, or was it? (gasps) Bum, bum, bum. All right. Well, that was Birdo. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah, I mean, that's the opening to the mechanical hand. And I think it just it just blows the the whole thing off the hinges. You know, it's a great way to start a record. Yeah. our next track is going to also be off of the um, Mechanical Hand. It's the second track. comes right after Birdo. It's called A Million Exploding Suns. And uh, from what the Wikipedia page says, this is a reference to the Marvel comic book character, the Sentry. Um, there's also a, a rendition of a, of, a mu- of a piece of music from Nintendo, but I'm going to see if you could pick it up first before I tell you what it is. So, 
Without further ado, it's A Million Exploding Suns by Horse the Band. Yeah! 
was a million exploding suns by Horace the Band off the Mechanical Animal. Uh, God damn it, I did it again. The Mechanical Hand record out of 2005. <laughs> um, I don't know if you caught it, Chris, but did you? What's the. What the I uh, didn't. I was listening for it and I thought I heard a couple of riffs that sounded familiar, but I couldn't place anything specifically. I have to guess it was that part at the end where it was all major chords because that seems to be very ant- antithetical to this band's style. Uh, but yeah, I don't really know. <laughs> um, according to the Wikipedia, again, grain of salt, uh, the song also features a keyboard rendition of part of the first level theme song from the game Bionic Commando. Oh, I'm, I'm not so not familiar, familiar with it. With a Bionic Commando, it's yeah. I, I didn't I didn't get that one when I was a kid. I just it was yeah. never at my rental shops or anything, so I didn't play it until I was older. So I'm yep. not super familiar with its soundtrack. It's it's not somewhere in the deep recesses of your brain like everything else. <laughs> no, Bionic Commando is a weird blind spot for me. I've never really played through that one. Yeah, me too. I mean, I enjoyed the concept of it, but. Um... At any rate, really quickly, uh, since we're not going to listen to The House of Boo, which is also on this record, as uh, aforementioned early on, I wanted to read that um, the song itself is actually about Nathan's childhood and an incident involving someone breaking into his home and the resulting trauma. So I I think I'm maybe beating a dead horse, the band, uh, by saying this, <laughs> but, <laughs> but, you know, I... I I think there's still people out there who look at certain genres of music and think, oh, it's brainless and there's nothing to it and stuff. And I think this record is a great example of how that is not absolutely true in any bit of or stretch of the imagination. Um, You know, I always feel for someone who's got trauma, you know, so um, if this was the catharsis, if this was the release, like, so be it. And, and I'm just happy to be able to bask in the wonder that is the mechanical hand. Um, right. So that being said, uh, the next track we're going to listen to. Uh, so so House of Boo is um, track four. We're going to listen to track nine, Taken by Vultures. Um, I just think it's a funny song. Um, and there's a... I don't want to spoil the surprise, but there's a middle portion that just randomly pops up in my head. So we're just going to listen to it now. This is taken by Vultures by Horse the Band. Masturbate to a single note. Taken by vultures! Taken by vultures! 
case you didn't know, that was taken by Vultures by Horse the Band, and you could see why that little middle part pops in my head randomly. <laughs> Just <laughs> yeah, it was uh, it was certainly memorable. <laughs> <laughs> but I enjoy the fact that after that bit of dialogue, it's a single note, and <laughs> of course, well, the... what else are the... through? You know, yeah. What else are the slaves supposed to do, right? Right. You have to uh you have to follow through on your convictions. <laughs> Let that be a lesson to everyone <laughs> listening. Be a man of action, not words. Um <laughs> that's another short one and pretty straight to the point. You know, you read the lyrics and it probably comes across like it's about actual vultures eating dead things and stuff like that. It's just fantastic. I don't know. A minute and a half I was, I believe, and just <sighs> And then the humor, right? Slaves masturbate to a single note, and then the single note, like, I, if by now in, in my six episodes you haven't learned that I like to laugh and I like humor in my music as well, um, then I don't know if I'm doing something wrong, but <laughs> these guys are absolutely certainly full of that. When you read their interviews, I'm not big on reading interviews, but every now and again I'll come across one and I'll, I'll read it. I don't seek these guys out for interviews. I almost like the mis- the mystique that I have in my head for them. But right, I did read a own... an it... what's that? Yeah, no, nothing. Oh, your own uh, head cannon I... was what I was going to say. But yeah, yeah, head cannon. Yeah, sure. Or you know, the scissors on my head. Um, <laughs> I do head scissors. Yeah, head scissors. That's it. That's what we're saying from now on. Um, I did read through a little bit while putting the episode together some uh, bits and pieces of interviews here and there, and they're very much like those guys that will have an interview and not be serious at all. Like, they'll be serious, but in such a a veiled way, you have to know them to understand what they're talking about because they talk very... You think they're just like a bunch of frat bros kind of like giving you uh, the blow-off and stuff. It's... I appreciate it, so... Anyway, moving on to, I believe, what's going to be the final track we're going to listen to off the Mechanical Hand... This is the track that started it all. One day I was home doing chores. I think I was cleaning, sweeping something. And I had, um, at the time I had Verizon or Fios cable. And it wasn't, to say the metal, uh, to say the Music Choice channel is really kind of a misnomer because Verizon, Fios used to have their own music channels. And I liked it better than uh, Music Choice. So, but I can't remember what it was called. But I was listening to their metal channel, and I remember hearing this song come on and thinking, like, what is this? And then within the first 15 seconds, I was like, these guys are amazing. I need to look up every inch of their catalog. <laughs> and I I was not disappointed. And now, for better or for worse, you guys are <laughs> experiencing this as well. So um, the song is called Lord Gold Thorn. Uh, God damn it. Lord Gold Throne Room. It's off of the Mechanical Hand 2005 release from Horse the Band. Enjoy. The lights are on, the TV's on 
<laughs> that was Lord Gold Throne Room by Horse the Band off the 2005 release, The Mechanical Hand. Uh, you know, when I first heard that song, I'd never heard anything like it. And I thought to myself, this is absolutely mind-blowing. Um, the blast beats, everything I talk about, the blast beats, the the 8-bit keyboards, the guitar work is so untouchable. Um, just the the how they're locked together. The the vocalist has got such a unique um, uh, cadence and timbre to his voice, and that's one thing I haven't really talked about. Sure, I talk about his input, you know, vocally or excuse me, lyrically, but his vocals are just so unique, and I couldn't imagine this band without it. Um, this band is just such a it's just such a great sum of all its parts that are I, I you know I that's why I became such a huge fan so instantaneously and it's because of that song well I mean what what a song to kind of introduce yourself to that's a that was epic uh was really the only word I can think of to properly describe what I just heard it was like um it's very strange to me parsing um this very uh tactile metal music with these like very specifically uh nes sound effects like it's it's a really strange combination uh but Mm -hmm. it does it is effective um like they're they sell it a hundred percent they they get behind it they treat it like an instrument instead of a a novelty and i think that's uh, what kind of makes this pretty special um this was it was quite i don't know what else to call it other than the epic it was pretty it was pretty wild ride this yeah this particular track in uh is definitely kind of an epic right it's a very sprawling and then that whole outro mm-hmm. right i had said at the, the the onset they don't really do ballads but instead they put that stuff within the tracks themselves you won't get a full quote-unquote ballad or quote-unquote slow song but you'll get those pieces in there they're fully capable of it and there it is right and um Maybe it's because I've been listening to this for so long that I think it just works so well. Maybe if you're hearing this for the first time, you think, oh, my God, it's really rattling and jarring. I don't know how I feel about it. But I just, I mean, again, opinion, strictly opinion. I think they do this uh, genre so well, considering that if you're a purist or if you're like a, a music nerd or something, you might say like, well, they're the first to do it. So they're they're writing the rules as they're writing the songs. I, I don't know. You know, that's it's all speculative so at any rate we're gonna leave the mechanical hand i'm gonna have a single tear in my eye as we do so move on we're gonna move on mechanical (laughs) foot well you know so long as you don't find that somewhere it shouldn't be um (laughs) we're gonna move on to (laughs) why do they give me a microphone we're gonna move on to uh an ep of theirs called pizza sometimes referred to as pizza ep um this little strange one it's got five tracks on it's approximately 20 minutes long uh, I'm not going to read what's written on the Wikipedia verbatim. Um, it's a real big blurb about the pizza EP. I think it I think it gives you a great idea if you decide to go and do that. It gives you a great idea of the mindset of the guys in this band, which is to say their level of humor and their level of intention. Um, that being said, uh, this EP... Uh, in a 2008 interview, the keyboardist Eric Engstrom, mother lover. It is. See, look, I see this in some places, Storm, 
I see it in places. Strom. I'm going to say it says Eric Angstrom. Eric Angstrom. Keyboardist Eric Angstrom stated that if he could delete anything from the Horse the Band catalog, it would be Pizza EP. Uh, I don't know. I'm not, I'm not entirely sold. This, um, this record contains uh, four tracks. I'm, I just want to read the names. We're going to listen to Anti-Pizza. The, next, the second track is called Crippled by Pizza. <laughs> Pizzeria in the Pizzeria. That's the name of the track. And I want you to understand that the first pizzeria is spelled similar to diarrhea. Okay. <laughs> track three is where pizza, as in werewolf, where pizza. Track four is pizza, pizza niff. And then track five is a cover of the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles cartoon theme song. So as if that do. doesn't <laughs> like you do, right. So if that doesn't give you an idea of, you know, how touched in the head these gentlemen are and how seriously they take everything i I don't know what will at any rate uh we're gonna listen to anti-pizza off of pizza the ep uh from 2006 enjoy Yeah. 
That was the soothing sounds of a song called Anti-Pizza by Horst Band off a of pizza EP. <laughs> um, the lyrics are just a touch ridiculous, unmade by Anti-Pizza. You know, so good it destroyed the world. One slice of antimatter, delicious and uncontrollable. There's not a better passion, is there, for you, of course, imploding with taste of thunder, dense as the heart of a star. I mean, <laughs> if that's not poetry, I don't know what is. Um, I I love these guys so much, and I don't care what they think about the pizza EP. I think it's fantastic. And honestly, their cover, I definitely please go listen to their cover of Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, the the theme song from the cartoon, from the old 80s cartoon. They actually do a pretty um, uh, spot-on cover. They only get a little horse the band just for a little bit, but it's for otherwise it's, it's actually a very spot on rendition. And it was very surprising to me when I picked up the EP. Um, but yeah, they want to, they, Eric would like to erase this. And if he did, we wouldn't have that. So Chris, how you doing over there? I'm doing okay. I'm listening to the Ninja Turtles theme. <laughs> All right. It starts off pretty weird. Uh, oh yeah, 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 yeah. It's from an episode. Yeah. But once they get into it, yeah, this is pretty spot it. on. Yeah, yeah, well done. Look, I mean, I guess if I were this band and somebody asked me that question, like if you could delete something from your catalog, like I can kind of understand sure. looking at this time that you decided to dedicate an entire album to pizza. Well, <laughs> so it's funny that you say that because if you go over to the Wikipedia page, and I don't mean to cut you off, but they actually canceled half a tour. And then went and wrote this EP. Wow. <laughs> so I don't, I don't know if if the two were intertwined. Like, guys, we have to, you know, because they're the story they tell is like they were where they were in Chicago, and they had the greatest pizza in the world, and it inspired them to write, you know, this EP. And it goes on. There's a there's mention of Nietzsche's The Gay Science, and it's all it's just so whacked out. They're clearly very intelligent. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. But uh, yeah, they the band ended their time on the, the Stampeding Machines tour almost halfway through in order to record the EP. Like, <laughs> yeah, like, I I get it. Like, it is quite silly, and I can understand. Like, I think it's great personally. Yeah. I've really enjoyed uh, anti pizza and the in- insane lyrics, and I love that there's a Ninja Turtles uh, theme on here. But if like I could understand being in the yeah. band and be- looking back on it and being like. This was ridiculous even by our standards, and we probably should have played more live shows. <laughs> so, yeah, right. We kind of we kind of screwed the fans or whatever. Maybe I get but, it. Yeah, I, I, I'm I'm with you though. Like I think I think this is a great piece of personality for this wacky ass band. So, uh, mm-hmm. so yeah, th- thumbs up for <laughs> thumbs up for anti pizza. <laughs> All right. Well, we're rounding down to our final two and um, leaving the pizza EP behind us. Um, I am for- so eating pizza for lunch. I also just noticed that uh, on, what was it, uh, R. Borlax, there's a track called Pulse Voice, which is like, hmm, that's a great, that's a, that's a deep cut Zelda reference right there. Well done. There you go. See, and that's the thing, right? If you if you really dig through some of this stuff, you'll see that they wear their uh, uh, affections on their heart, you know, I, on I, their sleeve, I mean. I don't 
the again, I can't stress enough. This isn't really my my kind of music. Of course, but I cannot shake the fact, the feeling that I would definitely get along with these people. That's and that's exactly what I I feel like. Like I don't want to sound like some psycho fan. Where I'm like, oh, we should totally be friends, horse the bands. But I feel like if I ever met them individually, like just in a random place, didn't know they were horse the band, right? Like I met the guy, Eric, and we struck up a conversation. I'd probably leave the conversation going like, that dude's pretty cool. I could be his friend. You know? <laughs> I, can, I, can, I can fuck with that. That's a good time. I fucks, I fucks with that. All right. <laughs> anyway, moving on to um, the next record in their catalog, uh by the title A Natural Death 2007. Um, this is by no means their last record recorded. Uh, following this, they have a record called Desperate Living. Um, I don't have much to say about that record per se, and as much as I wanted to pull a couple of tracks to listen to it on the episode, I didn't. The The outro song, which we'll talk about at the end, is absolutely a song from that record. So... Um, but for all intents and purposes, this is the last record we're going to listen to, A Natural Death. Um, the first track we're going to listen to, if I'm not mistaken, was a single. <clears throat> I know that I've talked in the past about not wanting to do singles and stuff, but I believe that this song really, uh, again, it's it's a song that encapsulates who the band is as a whole. And, um, you know, here we are, I think, let's see, one, two, three, four, five. We're like six, five, five or six releases, proper releases, because there were two when they were, you know, fresh out of high school uh, records. Um, but, you know, some bands have an evolution and you can hear it. I think this band, all they did was get better and tighter. And I think Murder, the track Murder, is a great example of that. So without further ado, this is track number two off of A Natural Death. Uh, from 2007 uh, by Horse the Band. Enjoy.
So that was murder off of a natural death by Horse the Band. <laughs> certainly not a happy tune. <laughs> uh no. Murder um, off re- of natural death. Yeah, in in reading the lyrics, which again, this is probably the first time I've really given the lyrics any kind of attention. Um, it strikes me as um, told from the point of a view of a First Nation uh, Indigenous uh, person of um, the Americas. Um, you know, murdering settlers. <laughs> um, but you know, that's just what I gleaned from the the lyrics uh one of the things i wanted to read which comes from their wikipedia is uh frontman nathan winicky states and again take it with a grain of salt because this is their brand of humor their brand of intelligence so forth a natural death is about the futility and arrogance of creation and destruction the overwhelming scale of space and time and the brutal majesty of nature the horror of birth and the beauty of death everyone who will ever live will die a natural death and will soon after be forgotten for eternity hopefully this album will serve as a warning to the human race to stop taking itself so seriously as we have seen the dire consequences of its actions in the future you are nothing end quote so a real bunch of uh, uplifting information, yeah? Uplifting is um, exactly the word I was thinking of. <laughs> but, you know, I appreciate that. I really, it's, it's my level of humor, right? I absolutely appreciate, you know, that kind of tongue-in-cheek yet still kind of... Is he serious? Because this sounds serious. Hmm? Yeah. All right. Um... I really, to go back to the song for a second, I really appreciate the, um, there's like a, there's a break where it's just keyboards. And I'm a big fan of reverb. I love when things have space and they sound bigger than they actually are. But to allow for um, this kind of keyboard break in in the action, I just absolutely love it again i think it's a bit of their humor it's a bit of their you know talent it's it's just so brilliant (sighs) absolutely brilliant and that's why i chose that one um anyway um unfortunately this brings us to our last track that we're going to discuss and listen to uh for the evening or morning or afternoon however or whenever you're listening (laughs) to us this song is the uh let's see fifth track off of the a natural death record uh entitled face of a bear excuse me face of bear face of bear (laughs) um i'm I'm not even gonna intro it face of bear a natural death horse the band
that was Face of Bear off of the 2007 release, uh, A Natural Death by Horse the Band. And uh, I enjoy Horse the Band and Face of Bear. I think Face of Bear would be a great band name to tour with them. <laughs> or if you're going to do a Horse the Band cover band, I would choose Face of Bear as my name. Um, so those are our 10. Uh, Chris, please <coughs> enlighten me with your... Uh, ruminations and gleamings of today's episode. I I don't know how to properly articulate this one, but if a band's album could have a final boss, it would be Face of Bear. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, that is that I I didn't expect that clearly. That might be the best thing I've heard all week. <laughs> it was just something very specifically imposing and boss battley about that yeah. song, but like it wasn't like boss music from a video game. It was like this band's music as a boss music. I don't know how else to articulate it. That's I get it. If, if this it. band were a video game, we just listened to a bunch of their video game levels, and now we've come to the final boss. Yeah, yeah. That, yeah, that, there you go. <laughs> I gotcha. I, we, we've been friends for a long time. I, I, I'm picking up what you're putting <laughs> yeah. down. Uh, this has been a pretty wild ride and a very fun one. Uh, this Good. is this is really entertaining and enlightening. Uh, it's I, I love stepping outside of my comfort zone when it comes to to music <laughs> types, and uh, mm-hmm. uh, it's just, it, I I can honestly say it's not what I expected. Because um, mm-hmm. just based on having that one song, I expected it to be a bit more. I don't know if experimental is the word, but a uh, um, nondescript, I guess, would be the word. I I had kind of a, a fear going into this that this was going to be like, it was just going to kind of devolve into a bunch of noise to me. And I'm really glad that it didn't. And because uh, that's that's it's something it's a, it's a failing on my part to to listen to music that uh just kind of devolves into noise. And that mm-hmm. really didn't happen here. They were very very distinct very distinct personality that was a, a lot of fun to listen to. So um, thanks for, thanks for pointing me in this direction. This is good stuff. Well, I appreciate you. Uh, I mean, you kind of have no choice to sit through it because <laughs> the show was your idea. It but is what we agreed to. Yes, it is. <laughs> no, but, but it's true, right? Um, you, you, and I don't mean you, but you go into things with certain biases. Right. And um, to be, it's tough to be open Right, especially when you have these biases. So, um, I under I fully understand what you're saying because even me as a as a metal fan, like I love ugly, aggressive, blast beat ridden metal. Um, but there are bands that I like that I can only listen to one or two songs. I can't listen to a full record because it just becomes too much. Mm-hmm. So I can understand that that was what I'm thinking of is probably what you're thinking of, and right. that was to to kind of. Um, attach myself to your fear to say i understand where i don't want to say your fear but you know you you understand what i'm saying i do yeah. um yeah so i i totally get that and understand that even for me the big fan of the stuff i too kind of go like all right that's enough of this i need some melody i need some character i need some personality right and don't get me wrong there may be one or two bands down the line that may fit that genre or, or excuse me may, may fit that bill for you 
I know that this isn't your cup of tea, so I did my best to find some stuff that... Because they certainly do have a couple of tracks here and there that will absolutely evolve into just absolute chaos. You know, and they're peppered in there here and there because it's, you know, part of the genre. Um, but I wanted to make this enjoyable. I didn't want this to be, uh, you know, a solid, you know, hour and a half of just... You know what I mean? Because I very easily could, but that's not enjoyable for either one of us, especially if... I'm attempting to show you what it is I enjoy about the band, right? And I, I don't want you to walk away from this going like, ah, oh, well, I have a nice headache now, and that's great. <laughs> so, as always, I appreciate you absolutely walking into every episode with a, a mind wide open. Uh, and it doesn't hurt that you come from a musical uh, background as a drummer, too. So you certainly can latch on to something and say, well, you know, this, this sucks, but at least the drummer is good. You know, it's <laughs> something, you know, something like that. So, um, yeah. And for anyone else who's, um, who maybe this wet their whistle, maybe didn't know about Nintendo core. Um, I'm just going to throw a couple of names out there for other Nintendo core bands. If you'd like to maybe peruse the Nintendo core aisle of your Spotify, um, sky eats plane, uh, power glove, the proto men, uh mini bosses i Love fight dragons <laughs> yeah right um let's see uh crystal castles the advantage and albatross just some bands that include the chiptune stuff uh i know for certain um sky eats plane is a, a bit like uh horse the band um the advantage is pretty far removed they don't have any actual chiptunes in their stuff they're they're yeah. just straight up metal covers of a I wouldn't even say metal covers. They're they're less heavy than the mini bosses are, but oh god, they're it's, meticulous. They're wonderful. Yeah, and it's interesting that they're in this list of Nintendo core bands. I guess they're trying to say that Nintendo core is Nintendo at its core, which is weird, but whatever. I don't know. You know, if 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 any of this kind of sparked an interest or stuff and you want to listen to a little something different, just check out those bands. Um Yeah, so that being said, that's that's it. Um and I believe this is the portion of the show where I ask Chris what we're going to be doing next episode. And Chris, I'm just going to give you the floor, and I think you should explain what we're doing next. Okay, will do. Um, so uh, this wraps up one year of turning tracks. And Yay! I thought it would be pretty fun to have a special celebration for our one-year anniversary. Uh, the whole point of this song is to share the music that um, it's the music that we love. We talk about the music that we love, and uh, how how can you do that with music any closer to your heart than the music that you've been personally involved in? So for the next two episodes, Matt and I are going to be showcasing bands that we've been in uh, <laughs> as our little one year special anniversary. Uh, so our next uh, episode is going to be centered on the last band that I was a part of uh, and, and far and away the most successful band I was ever a part of, <laughs> uh, Shock-O-Lot, which uh, has a, it's a, it's a weird band name, uh, but I'm, I've always been extremely proud of the music, even though I didn't have a lot to do with its actual creation. Um, but performing it was a, well, it's, it's a whole story I'll tell next time. So yeah, next episode is about the, the Brooklyn-based band Shock-O-Lot which had a very strange drummer. <laughs> um, I cannot tell you, Chris, how excited. First of all, I'm really proud of us because this was an idea that you had, and it was something I constantly thought about, but I could never quite configure 
how this would work. And when you came to me and said, I have this idea for a show, which would eventually become Turning Tracks, and how immediately I said yes, because it was a thing that was inside of me that I couldn't articulate. And I said, this man gets it. And I can't tell you, like, one, how proud of us I am that we started it. And we've been going strong with the, now our 12th episode. So congratulations to you and I for one year. Um, and to everyone who listens, as always, thank you so much. We really appreciate you. We appreciate the conversations and stuff. Uh, so I, I can't believe we're going to start our new year with your band's mm-hmm. music. And then, well, I guess we'll talk about my pick on the next episode. So you're going to have to wait. Um, <laughs> but that being said... <clears throat> We here at Turning Tracks are incredibly grateful to everyone who listens, and we love communicating with you any way we can. And we have a couple ways you can do that. There's a Geek A Discord channel in which we have a Turning Tracks chat. In which we have a Turning Tracks. <laughs> can we just leave that in there? I'm not editing that out, no. <laughs> Fantastic. <laughs> There's a Geek A Discord channel in which we have a Turning Tracks chat, where we hope to discuss all manner of stuff relating to the music and whatever our next episodes are going to be. And of course, you can always still send us mail at Geek. Uh, <laughs> you can still send us email at mail at geekade.com. G E E K A D E.com. Uh, and while you're at it, check out all our other social medias, which you should totally follow, like, and subscribe to if you haven't done already. Turning Tracks and other Geek Aid podcasts are made possible thanks to Patreon. God damn it. I think I'm thinking about lunch. Okay. Turning Tracks and other Geek Aid podcasts are made possible thanks to Geek Aid Patreon page. There, patrons can get access to a monthly podcast topic and recording schedule, get early access to most of Geek Aid shows, including this one, and more. If you've enjoyed our podcast over the years, follow the link in the description and give it a look. We really, really appreciate it. Finally, as always, be sure to check out all the other great content we have on our site over at geekade.com. That's G-E-E-K-A-D-E.com, but you should know that by now. And finally, we're going to leave you with a song that will be the bow on the horse the band present some of you may have not wanted. Pause for laughter. <laughs> oh, wait, I wasn't supposed to read that. Uh, in keeping in theme with my sign-off dedications, here is today's. This song is dedicated to anyone who was not afraid of being themselves at whatever cost. Um, it's hard enough to fit in, but it's even harder to stand out. So here's to bands like Horse the Band and anyone else who will be able to buck the yoke and blaze their own path. Uh, and maybe even start a whole new sub- subgenre of music in the process. The song is called Horse the Song. Thank you, and have a wonderful whatever's left in your day.